0: just just do it trust me WWE just trust me okay It's Apples Apples, a podcast that talks about everything from professional wrestling to whether or not you're going to enjoy Labor Day this weekend. Will you be working? Are you going to be barbecuing? Are you going to be doing nothing? Who knows? I don't even know what I'm doing, but it is Labor Day weekend. But not only is it Labor Day weekend, folks, we got wrestling to talk about because we got some wrestling going on this weekend. As always, you're listening to us on soundcloud.com slash grapples of apples. That's grapples the number two. Apples, you don't like SoundCloud? You got Google Play Music. You got Apple Podcasts. You got iHeartRadio. Doesn't matter where you're listening, folks, as long as you are listening. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mr. Ill Will the Thrill, the Poetarian, the Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, baby, that's who I is, because that's I just who I am. Now, typically... At this point, at this juncture, I'd kick it over to my hetero life mate, my co-host. I I could do his whole spiel if I wanted to, but I'm not going to. That's that's just not my place. That'd be that'd be disrespectful. But unfortunately, well, unfortunately for me, not for him, he is unavailable as he has prior engagements with his lady love and her family, whatever. So, you got me flying solo. Now, typically, I try and get a guest over here, but I kind of forgot that he wasn't going to be here, so I kind of forgot to get someone to cover for him. So, I'm sorry, folks. You're going to have to deal with an episode of Strictly Will the Thrill. I know, I know, I know, I know. It happens once in a while, and, and you know, it's not something that we yearn for, but it is. It's going to happen. you got to have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with it. It's going to be me and you for the next 45 minutes to an hour. It's just what it is. Alright? So anyway, we've got plenty of wrestling to talk about this week in terms of news, in terms of storylines, in terms of contracts, in terms of championships, changing hands. There's a lot. There's a lot to go over. But before we do any of that, oh, and, and we have predictions for All Out, just saying. Well, before we do any of that, I mean... Normally, I'd ask someone to do this for me, but I am an i am an independent woman, so I myself will have to ring thy bell. So, first things first, as we normally like to go for the news outside of the WWE, Impact Wrestling made an impact in wrestling. Oh, man. I'm sorry. That was corny. I had to do it. I had to do it. I had to do it. So, on this week's episode of Impact, the fallout show from the two-week special emergence, we got some big news. First things first. Uh, weather, which is first, which is last, is debatable, whatever. I'm going to say it the way I want to say it. This, hello, it's my podcast. So, at Slammiversary... Eddie Edwards became the new Impact World Champion. However, on this week's episode of Impact, Eric Young said, Oh, nay, nay. That belt belongs around my waist. And Eric Young defeated Eddie Edwards to become the new and new Impact World Champion. Now, I'm not sure about them doing a big title change on a random impact, especially when you just had the two-week immersion special. I think I maybe would have done it then or held off. But, hey, impact's got to make an impact. So they did what they did, and I understand that. So I can't fault them too much. Um, I think it's interesting to see the direction in which they're taking these WWE releases, those who were released from WWE during Black Wednesday, Um, we've seen Heath Slater, who I think is just Heath now, or maybe he's going as Heath Miller, I'm not sure, Um, has essentially just been paired with Rhino again to do that shtick that they did in WWE, and it's like, whoa, That's kind of lame. But then EY, granted, you know, he was an important part of Impact when he was there the first time. They just put the, you know, they put the world title on him. And that's, you know, it's yin and yang there. It's very interesting to see how Impact views some wrestlers versus how they view others. Um, Maybe it's because they know what they have in Eric Young or they don't know what they have in Heath. I'm not sure, but I find that interesting. Now, what's more interesting to me is what's going on in their knockouts division. I can't stress this enough. We do I feel like we talk about this every week. Impact's knockout division continues to just kill the game. So this week the you know reigning champion, Diana Perazzo, coming off of her historic sixty minute Iron Woman match with jordan grace um had a black tie event quote unquote now my only issue with this black tie event is that no one was really wearing a black tie uh, but she came down in a very stunning dress you know full length down to the you know her feet with the slit down the side you know and she came with uh kimberly as like her her gal pal her her second basically and during this black tie event we get the return of two major players in the knockouts division in Kylie Ray and Tennille Dashwood. You know, I completely forgot that Tennille Dashwood was a knockout. I, you know, forgot Kylie Ray was missing for a while, and so like someone even put up a a, a graphic on Facebook recently over this week, and it showed some of the women in the division. And, man, you have Deanna Parrazzo, who's the top champion. Kimberly by her side. Now, Kimberly has, I think, 15 years-plus experience in in the ring, working for Shimmer and Stardom and so on and so forth, former tag team champion in in other promotions. You have Jordan Grace, who just dropped the title. You have uh, um, Valkyrie, right? That's her name? Um She's the longest reigning knockout champion in, in Impact Wrestling history. She's still there. You have Tenille Dashwood. You have Kylie Ray. You still have Rosemary. You still have Kira Hogan. You still have um, Madison Rain. Like, Chimney Cricket. Talking about an embarrassment of riches. Impact's women's division is stacked. And we've, I I don't know, this is something that I want to get into bigger detail with with Shades one day, but the landscape of professional wrestling, especially in the women's division, is fascinating right now. And we'll get to more of that in other promotions later. But yeah, those are are big deal returns. Um, You now can remove jordan grace from the title picture for a while you can input to neil dashwood you can put in kylie ray you can mix and match between the four of these women it's just there's a lot of opportunity there so i find that very interesting but let's move over to wwe there's a lot of news that came out of wwe over the last seven days in no particular order let's go over this stuff First things first, both AJ Styles and Dwayne The Rock Johnson have publicly revealed that they both had tested positive for Corona for COVID-19 at some juncture. AJ says that he was tested positive earlier this year. And The Rock, just saying that him and his family are healthy after a recent battle with COVID-19. Now, one is directly related to WWE, one is not. The Rock hasn't been around for a long time, so that's not, you know, it's not going to affect the product. But AJ, is a mainstay, it is a regular. So the fact that he caught it earlier this year, who knows when that was, you know. And the way that they were acting with they're not they weren't testing, they weren't testing properly. There was an outbreak here, an outbreak there, you know. Who knows when he had it? And who he affected by having it and with WWE's practices. It's wild. A couple of um let's see. Let's let's talk about the people coming into the biz into the company before we talk about people exiting the company. So Former Evolve wrestlers, Josh Briggs, Brandy Lauren, Kurt Stallion, Joey Gacy, and referee Jake Clemens have all signed with WWE. Now, I would be lying if I said I was familiar with any of them. But, I have a feeling we'll be seeing them sooner or later on NXT, NXT UK, or... Yeah, probably. I the don't think they're going main roster anytime soon. Now, I'm not too surprised considering WWE's relationship with Evolve and, you know, how they purchased and basically bought Evolve. Uh, So to see them signing some of those wrestlers, I'm cool with because, you know, one of the biggest fears that was reigning throughout the industry when WWE was buying all these promotions was that these were going to be wrestlers out of jobs. Because the idea, it wasn't like WWE was buying them to fund them. They were buying them to shut them down, you know? And so the fear was there was going to be a lot of wrestlers out of jobs. And to see that they're signing a handful of wrestlers from Evolve, it's, it's promising. It's promising. Now, let's talk some, oh man, I don't even know where to go next. There's just so much to talk about. Um, okay, Ray Mysterio has apparently suffered some torn biceps from payback. He will not be having surgery. He's just going to rehab them on his own. Uh, so he should be out for a few months, I think. He was scheduled to have a match with Seth Rollins on Monday Night Raw this week. But because of the injury, his son Dominic took his place instead. So Ray's going to be out for a little bit of time. However, while he's out, looks like Cartoon Network Latin America is going to be producing a Rey Mysterio series. Now, considering this is from Cartoon Network Latin America, I'm guessing it's going to be an animated show. I wonder if it's going to have any similarities. Now, this is obviously a bias, but it'd be cool if it was something in the same vein as Mucha Lucha, the old... um, WB-11 animated series, WB, CW, Pix, I don't know what they were called at the time. I think they were WB at the time. Um, <clears throat> as I enjoyed that show quite a bit as a young, as when I was a kid. And so if they're going to do an animated series based on Rey Mysterio, maybe they'll do something in the similar vein. Well, they'll keep it all work and, you know, act like Mysterio was a masked person as a young child all the way until adulthood who knows i don't know that'd be interesting in my opinion now some departures we got some some people leaving leaving the building first things first i'm the realist no um maro ronaldo fan favorite nxt play-by-play mama mia um, tope suicida morrow has gone folks. According to reports, Mauro Ronaldo has parted ways with WWE, but this time it is on positive terms rather than the last time when he left amidst bullying accusations towards JBL and revelations of Mauro's mental health issues. It would appear that this time it might just be a contractual thing, contract was over, and he said, I am out. This is the second week in a row that we've seen the departure of a WWE uh, Mike talent. You know, someone does announcing, commentating, etc., with Renee Young having her last show be payback, and now Mauro leaving WWE. Brock Lesnar has reportedly also left. WWE it looks like his contract Is over and he is currently A free agent and his Merge deal has expired So Where do we go from here Now obviously Because of the way that things Are in the current landscape of Professional wrestling in North America Fans everywhere Are like hey Brock's gonna go to AEW False False Brock is not going to AEW, that'll not happen. And I'll tell you reasons why. Number one, Chris Jericho, who is a huge member of AEW, both on the screen, behind the scenes, he himself has said that Brock Lesnar is not worth it. Now, how can that be? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the man makes... A quadrillion dollars to show up and be on TV for five minutes once every four months. Or every three months, whatever it is. Financially, that's a horrendous investment. I don't care what kind of ratings you're going to get from Brock Lesnar. It's not worth it. Especially because Brock Lesnar doesn't do anything for the wrestlers on the way out. He shows up. Makes some money, wins a belt, disappears. Shows up, makes some money, wins a belt, disappears. Shows up, makes some money, drops a belt, disappears. And then we repeat the cycle. It's just, it doesn't do anything for anybody. The only, like, lesser in the last four years since I've started watching wrestling again. Has faced off against Randy Orton, who he defeated in a no contest, it was no contest, whatever. When he busted him open the hard way, he defeated AJ Styles in a champion versus champion match at Survivor Series. He defeated Daniel Bryan in a championship champ, champion versus champion match, champion versus champion match at Survivor Series. He defeated and or lost to. Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Bill Goldberg, I think that's it, and none of those, uh, he came across Braun at some point also, he like wrecked Braun, maybe even Bray, I don't remember, but... No one gained anything from those matches. Seth may have gotten a little bit of fan pop for a bit, but Seth was already a made man in WWE. He's already an established top guy. So it didn't do anything for him to beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, even though I was there for WrestleMania 35 when he did that. That was cool. Um, when Roman Reigns beat him, it doesn't it doesn't do anything. Again, Roman is a made man. So, if you're AEW, and you're trying to build an entire brand, why would you bring in Brock Lesnar, who's going to do nothing but defeat the guys you already have there, who you're trying to build? You don't have any made men in in AEW right now. Maybe Jericho, you might consider... Um, a made man, but I just it doesn't make any sense. It just it would not be financially beneficial or brand beneficial for AW to bring on Brock Lesnar. So that's number one. Number two, Tony Khan has made it very clear that he wants to build, build, build. And he doesn't want to rely on the backs of certain WWE superstars. And that's all Brock Lesnar would be doing. you would just be building on the back of a WWE, you know, I don't say reject. But, let's be real. He's not going nowhere. Where he going? He ain't going back to UFC. That's for sure. Either he's coming back to WWE this is all just to renegotiate his contract or he's going home and just sitting on his money for a while and hanging out in his land in wherever he has land like North Dakota or something I don't know some like weird obscure mountain town or something I just I don't see this being anything other than Brock renegotiating for his contract in other releases The authors of Pain, Occam and Rezar have been released by the WWE. Now, this was a surprise to me. I understand that there's been some injury issues with one or both of these guys since coming up to the main roster. However, when paired with the right teams, when booked properly... These guys can be an attraction. They were a well-booked tag team in NXT. NXT NXT Tag Team Champions put on great matches with the likes of Sanity and um, DIY and um, Revival, all these guys. Same thing on the main roster. I mean, they didn't have the same success in terms of getting over, but they were part of of Seth Rollins' Monday Night Disciples or whatever before their most recent injury. Former Raw Tag Team Champions, you know. I'm just I'm very surprised to see them get released, unless this is something where. One of them, whichever one has been injured, is going to have chronic injuries, and we don't think they're going to be able to have a long-lasting career without injuries. Unless that's the case, I don't see why this happens. Because I just I think there's money to be made with AOP, but what do I know? Now the last bit of news from the world of WWE is. <sighs> Is it interesting? Kind of. Is it fascinating? In the, in the grand scheme of things, I guess. Is it shocking to me? No. It came out today that Vince McMahon has put out some sort of notice statement to his wrestlers. A threat of sorts for those who are engaging with third parties so that is like twitch um cameo uh youtube might fall under that now i don't say i'm surprised because from what i i mean this is vince all day vince is someone who's always been a control freak he's always been someone who you know Wants to have his hands on every little thing that his wrestlers do. On top of that. I remember like this was a thing a while ago. That it's part of their contract. That none of these wrestlers. Can use their in-ring name or likenesses. While under contract. In. And outside of WWE. Without WWE's permission. Now there's. There's a lot of reasons for that. Some of them logical, some of them not so logical. Some I agree with, some maybe not. So, when you're signed under contract with WWE, whether you like it or not, you represent that company. So, anything you do outside of the company can still be a reflection on WWE. So, it is within their right to protect their brand image by knowing and approving what and where their contracted employees do outside of their promotion. Now, some might say, well, they're not employees. They're independent contractors, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Look, we can do that argument all day. We can spin our wheels on the whole independent contractor till we're all blue in the face. We all know the deal here. We all know that it's phony. We all know that it's bogus, that it's messed up, that they're quote-unquote independent contractors, but they still have to, you know, fall under these these strict guidelines as if they are employees. We understand. We get it. We know. This is all not news here. So let's push around that, push past that, and see that it is what it is. If you're WWE... A publicly traded company. You do not want your superstars doing outside doing things outside of the company that you think might be detrimental to your bottom dollar. If you have, let's see, um, okay, Bailey is the current SmackDown Women's Champion. If it is not in line with the image and branding that the WWE is putting out. If Bayley were to go and pose dude for Playboy, as other females in WWE have done, Tori Wilson, China, Christy Hemi, etc. If she poses for Playboy, or if she has a... Only fans account to be a little bit more current. Well, then that reflects on the WWE. Oh, look. They have a champion who does these things. And if that's not the kind of brand that they want to promote, well, then they have every right to not have that person, you know, like, they have every right to remove that affiliation, that association. So... Do you want to work for WWE? Awesome. But then understand that you cannot as your ring name go elsewhere and, you know, step outside of the lines of that of that company. So with that being said, I it's it's funny cuz I recent I noticed this and I mentioned it recently. I don't remember I don't remember to whom I said this. But I noticed that a lot more wrestlers are creating their own YouTube channels. And I noticed this because it kind of just seemed like out of nowhere one day, um, Peyton Royce has her own YouTube channel. Ruby Riot has her own YouTube channel. Um, Alexa Bliss. No, Alexa Bliss. Um... Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville have had their own thing for a while. I think it was on Instagram or on YouTube. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Um, Sheamus has his own YouTube channel. uh, His his workout videos that he's been doing for a few years now. Um, Who else? Who else? Who else? Mark Andrews has his own YouTube channel. The point is, there's a lot of wrestlers who are promoting their own YouTube channels. Oh, um, Rusev, I mean, he's not contracted with WWE anymore. Now he's just Miro, Miro TV. But Rusev has his own YouTube channel now. Like, this is something that's becoming, like, it's starting to boom. Somebody in the locker room was like, hey, guys, get on YouTube. And it looks like a lot of wrestlers are doing that. They're all moving to the YouTube space. Now, when I saw that happening, I I was personally confused. Because I understood how WWE was with their contracts and not wanting their wrestlers to use their ring names and likenesses outside of the promotion because of what that can mean. Um, Most of their channels are safe and, like, you know, they don't mean anything. For example, like I said, Sheamus does a workout YouTube channel where every week he works out with a different wrestler. He does their own routine and he, like, tries to work out the way they work out and see how that feels. Um... Usually uses their ring names, um, so like there's nothing there. But then maybe stuff like Ruby Riot, who has her own channel and she's promoting like charities and she's showing like a day in the life in her life. And I don't know, maybe they bother that bothers them because she's breaking kayfabe. Uh, Mark Andrews, I can see this being an issue. He has his own channel where. WWE superstars with their ring names sit on the couch and they watch their first matches including their old ring names so for example Ruby Riot was on the show the other day and they were like hey we're watching Ruby Riot's first match and they referred to her as Ruby Riot on the show but they were watching a match where she was like yeah I went by Miss Heidi blah 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 um same thing with Tegan Knox was on the show, her first match as Nixon Newell. So, I can see why that could be, like, something that bothers WWE. <coughs> but I think the main thing that bothers them, aside from not being able to control what's being aired, is that these wrestlers are, are monetizing their stuff. And so, they're making money outside of the WWE while being with the WWE. And one of the ones that I've noticed that I can see this being a major issue is Peyton Royce. So there's a lot to unpack here with Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce, part of the Iconics with Billy Kay. Um, this past week on, on Monday Night Raw, she actually, they lost their match to the Riot Squad, which means that they had to break up. Rumor has it that the reason they did this was because they wanted to push Peyton Royce. Now, What I find interesting about that is Peyton Royce has been working towards building her YouTube channel, which heavily features not just Billy Kay, her best friend and tag team partner in WWE, but her fiancé slash husband, I think husband now, Sean Spears, who works for AEW. So on a regular basis, Billie Kay is on YouTube with her husband from AEW, And and WWE can see that as, like, her helping to promote AEW. Even though you never hear, they they never say anything about AEW, but because her husband's there, and Sean Spears with AEW, I can see that they see that as promoting the opposition. I don't think it's any coincidence that she also just won her first bodybuilding competition or she just participated in her first bodybuilding competition and so now you have Peyton Royce who has who just won a bodybuilding competition which Vince loves who has this channel that is quote unquote promoting their opponent now they're suddenly going to give her a push well what does that mean what's my point well here's my point hey Peyton we're going to give you a push. We're taking you away from Billy, and we're going to, sh- you know, skyrocket you to the moon. We're going to put a title on you soon. But we need you to pull back on this YouTube thing you're doing. What? Oh, you don't want to? You know what? Not a problem. Next week, you'll be back in a match with, with Billy Kay, and we'll go right back to where we were yesterday. So, you see what I'm saying here? So, like, I can totally, 100% see how it's all one and the same. They don't like these wrestlers making money outside of the company. They don't like not having control of what these wrestlers are doing. They don't like these wrestlers potentially promoting other companies. Um, AJ Styles is on Twitch all the time talking about the um, Gals and Anderson and so on and so forth. So... How do you eliminate all that stuff? You nip it in the bud. You cut it all away. And you threaten them with fines, suspensions, and even contract releases. Do I necessarily agree with it? I don't know. I don't know. Do I understand it? Absolutely. But Vince going to be Vince. And that's, that's just what it's. It is what it is, man. It just It is what it is. And there's just nothing that we can do about it. Now, I already mentioned what I wanted to mention about the Iconics being forced to break up. And the whole match kind of bothered me. And I'll tell you why. You have <clears throat> Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan coming out together in matching ring gear. And on payback the night before, there was miscommunications all over the place. They were, they were still playing this game of they do or don't trust each other. They do or don't trust each other. And then the very next night, they have a rematch, and all of a sudden, a loser has to break up. And then the Riot Squad wins? Like, okay, we found out later on that it's because they want to give Payne and Royce a push, but couldn't you have done something? Like, we, it, it's so abrupt for no reason. It's, it's, so, and it's so indicative of, like, Vince and company not having any sort of, like, long-term plans. It's all just thought and do it, thought and do it, thought and do it. It doesn't make any sense. You have the Iconics, who are an established tag team. Fans either love them or hate them. They have their catchphrase. They have their pose. They have merch. Like, they're legit best friends. Shouldn't you break them up with a little bit more fanfare? Maybe give them a program so that you don't just leave Billy... Because essentially what you're doing now is you're going to leave Billy Kane in the dust. I mean, look at the way you break up tag teams and how they work out. Typically speaking, they start to deteriorate as a tag team until one of them snaps and attacks the other. And then they have a feud. At the end of the feud, they're supposed to go their own separate ways, but they're both supposed to now be established as single stars. That is the goal. That is the ultimate goal for any competent booker breaking up a tag team. I understand sometimes you see one that you might think have more potential than the other, you know, Shawn Michaels, Michael Gennetti kind of thing, whatever you want to call it. But it behooves you to make as much money as possible out of everything you have. So, ideally, even if you have member A of tag team, member B of tag team, even if you think member A has more potential and you plan to push them to the moon, you still want to make sure wrestler B can land on their feet and have some sort of way of making you money that's the whole point that's why you hire these people to be wrestlers to make you money that's the whole point of booking promoting doing shows etc is to make money so why on earth would you do something where wrestler a is put into a position to succeed but wrestler b is gonna just be pushed off in the corner to do nothing that doesn't benefit you in any way, shape, or form because now you lost a tag team and you only gained one superstar out of it instead of losing a tag team but getting two singles competitors. It's a terrible trade-off. Look at what they did with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. You have them bicker, break up, Feud. Theoretically, before this whole loser leaves WWE thing, you had them set up each to do their own thing. Bandy Rose was with Otis. Sonya was doing amazing work as a singles competitor in that feud. That's what you want to do. You want to set up both wrestlers for success post-breakup. So if you're gonna have the iconics break up with zero fanfare, with zero heat, with like nothing building, and you have plans to push Peyton, what happens to Billy K now? Okay, so you're gonna push Peyton Royce. Okay, great. Awesome for Peyton. What happens to Billy? Are you just gonna have her just dwiddle? Dwandle away? You're going to send her back to NXT? When the draft comes, you're just going to separate them and then just, like, let her be the next day to Brooke? Because, unfortunately for Billy Kay, there might be too much association with Peyton Royce. And being that they're both the only two Australian women on the roster, how are you going to play that off? How are you going to look at Peyton Royce on Raw without looking at Billy Kay on SmackDown and vice versa? They just, they don't do the logical things to do to set themselves up for success. And that's what boggles my mind about WWE on a regular basis. They're having the most financially successful years in company history. But their ratings are in the toilet. And so they try and do these weird poppy things for ratings purposes but that they shoot themselves in the foot in ways that that hinder them from any sustained ratings you make a big enough splash anyone can pop one week you know but it's that sustainability that you're looking for it's making sure that the people who are tuning in this week tune in next week also. Because if I'm only tuning in this week because I know for a fact that one thing is going to happen. Okay, cool, that happened. I'm not coming back next week. You got to make mistake. stay. It just doesn't... Anyway, I, I can sit here and do this all day. Let's, let's move on a little bit. So, interestingly enough, on SmackDown biggie was backstage hyping up the homies uh, that's i didn't mean to say it that way that came off wrong hyping up you know the faces backstage um talking about how xavier woods is coming back and he's coming back to do talking smack and it's his birthday so he's got a cake and blah 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 and then sheamus comes and he beats off and he beats up biggie in the backstage area and Big E was supposed to be part of a tact- of the four-man match. And he gets written off the match because of this attack. What does this do for Big E? What does this mean for Big E? Does this mean that Big E is being written off for a while? Is it just a one-night thing? Are we really going to do a Big e Sheamus feud? Because that's not how you build Big E as a single star. We talked about this last week. Sheamus does not have enough heat to give anyone the rub moving up the ladder. He's not that guy. I'm sorry that you thought he was, but he's not. End of rant. Now, the big thing that happened this week on SmackDown was we had... The rematch of Sasha and Bailey versus Naya and Shayna for the Women's Tag Team Championships. Now, this was a, I don't want to say very good match, but this was a good match. When you have three fantastic in ring workers and a Naya Jax, you're gonna have a good chance. Of having a good match Sasha has been working ever since she came back she her in-ring work I feel has been hard to touch her selling has been phenomenal the work that she's like her in-ring work has just been unparalleled in my opinion Bailey is solid as always Shayna's solid as always you know but I just feel like Sasha's in-ring work and her selling is on another, it's on another level right now. So the story of the match slowly and sure and and you know, be, it it became Sasha's knee, Sasha's knee, Sasha's knee, Sasha's knee. They're working the knee. She's working the knee. They're working the knee. The finish comes when. Sasha and Bailey lift up Shayna, but Sasha's knee gives out. They drop Shayna, and then Nia Jax does a crossbody off the second rope, pins both Bailey and Sasha. One, two, three. They retain, walk away, and Sasha's left in the ring, being tended to medics for her knee. They come back from commercial break, and she's still in the middle of the ring and they're still attending to her knee while Bailey is in the corner of the ring just you know looking concerned eventually Sasha shoos off all the all the officials and the medics Bailey shoos them off she she goes to help Sasha she picks her up they're about to leave the ring and then Bailey beats up on Sasha and she beats up on her good so there it is After months and months and months Of fans pleading for it After weeks and months Of small Teases and hints by the WWE Here it is They finally broke up Sasha and Bayley They have finally truly begun The Sasha and Bayley feud <sighs> God okay where do I begin I'm not gonna go on some mega rant I'm not gonna lose my lid I will say this I think the timing is awful why are we doing this on a random Smackdown you just had SummerSlam and Payback on back to back weeks And did nothing. And then you do this on SmackDown. Just cause. Why? Why? Now the only thing I can think of. This is the only thing. WWE. I know you're not listening. I don't care. Please. Someone get this in Vince's ears. Please do this. The only way that this works from here. Because of the way that Bailey beat down on Sasha, and because of the emphasis they put on her knee, ride off Sasha with the knee injury indefinitely. So she's gone. In the meantime, Bailey is going to gloat and put down Sasha. So next week she's going to say how she was stripping the dead weight. Sasha was holding her down. Sasha couldn't hold her own championship for, you know, a few weeks and she's the dominant champion. Bailey keeps this title. Do not take this title off of Bailey. In 2 months, we have Survivor Series. Over the last few years, since the brand split, every Survivor Series has been champion versus champion for brand supremacy. So, stands to reason, if Survivor Series were to be tomorrow, we would have Bailey versus Asuka versus Io Shirai. Keep that in place. Do not touch anything. Maybe Io Shirai. I don't care. Whatever. Do not touch Bailey. Let Bailey win every match from here on in. Or at least every retention. Let her retain her title. All the way from here. To Survivor Series. Then. At Survivor Series. In the battle for brand supremacy. When we're in the middle of the women's match. Bailey versus Asuka versus Io Just as Bailey's about to pull out the W whether it's with the Bailey to Belly, the flying elbow, that weird face buster thing she does, whatever it is, just as she's about to win, that's when Sasha comes back, interferes in the match, costs Bailey the match. If you want to make it even better, make that be the reason why Smackdown loses for the night. I'm not saying make it the main event, but I'm saying that by the end of the night, let it be like 3 to 2 to 2, whatever the case is, and the reason Smackdown lost is because Bailey lost that match. So then you have the smackdown locker room giving Bailey Guff, which adds even more fuel to why Bailey is angry with Sasha for costing her the match. Sasha's you know going to call her out for everything that Bailey said about her, calling her dead weight yada yada yada. And we have this feud roll out till the Rumble. Now I understand we're talking from November to January. But I'm not saying don't have a match. I'm saying let the blow-off be at the Rumble. Because if you do it any sooner than that, it's just gonna feel like such a waste of time. Like, such a waste of time. The fans have been pleading for this for so long. You've been setting this up for so long. You did a false start, what, like a year or two ago, and then you put them in therapy, and then you put them back together, and then you broke them up, and then they're back together. Like, all of this stuff... If you're going to do it, do it right. Don't just have one match or two matches. Don't have them blow it off at Survivor Series in two months. That's a nothing feud. You already put in place that Sasha got her knee destroyed. Write her off. We don't need to see Sasha for two months. And then on top of that, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Let's say by some miracle there are fans in the seats in January for the rumble. That's when you want that fan pop. Survivor series probably won't be that lucky, but you'll have the fans more likely to be on Sasha's side if she's been gone for two months and then it comes back to beat up on Bailey. Just just do it. Trust me. WWE, just trust me, okay? Anyway, folks. So now that we've gone over the week that was in professional wrestling, this upcoming weekend, this Saturday night, live from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, AEW will be running their all-out pay-per-view. And according to the card here on Wikipedia, there are ten matches. This one gonna be a big lead. Unfortunately, I don't have my partner here to do predictions, but I'll, have, I'll give you my predictions. Just a heads up, a reminder on the rules of predictions here at Grapples to Apples. The Grapples to Apples World Championship will be on the line at every WWE Big Four. So that's WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, SummerSlam. Money in the Bank. Every NXT TakeOver. And every AEW pay-per-view. Okay. The rules for predictions are fairly simple. You get a point for an accurate outcome. And you're eligible to lock down one match prediction per card. By placing a lock, you are doubling down on that one match. So, for example, if you're 100% confident that John Moxley is going to retain his AEW championship this week, you can place a lock on that result. You can say, my lock is on Moxley retaining. And if you win that match if moxie wins and retains you get two points but if you lose you lose two points so just keep that in mind now let's go over some predictions i'm gonna go over the card from the bottom up leading to the main event on the pre-show we are going to have private party isaiah cassidy and mark quinn taking on the Dark Order in the form of Alex Reynolds and Joan Silver. Dark Order's been on a roll. I really like Private Party, though, so I'm going to go Dark Order. The following match was initially set to be on the pre-show, but has been moved up to the main card. We have the returning Britt Baker, finally back from her injury, going up against Big Swole in a tooth and nail match. Um, What does that mean? I don't know. I I don't know. I'm going to go Britt Baker because it's her first match back. She should come out with a W here. Next is Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a broken rules match. If Hardy loses, he must leave AEW. Now, this is interesting. Because it makes you think that he's going to win. But this could also be a way for Matt Hardy to unveil a new persona. Hmm. Because there's no consequences to Sammy, I'm going to say Matt Hardy wins. I'm going to put that there. Next up, we have Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks in a straight up tag team match. Nothing on the line, nothing to lose, nothing to gain. Um, man, I feel like the Bucks are going to want to put Jurassic Express over. Because that's the right thing to do. But the Bucks also need to build some momentum. Especially if we're going to do that. Hmm. Alright, I'm going to say the Young Bucks win. Because, and I'll explain why later. <clears throat> Next up, we have an eight-man tag match between Darby Allen. I'm sorry, between The Dark Order, represented by Brody Lee, Cole Cabana, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson, going up against Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky, and The Natural Nightmares, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall. I'm going to say The Dark Order wins this. I feel like this might even be my lock of the night. We'll come back to this, but this seems pretty, pretty cut and dry to me. Next we have the 21-man Casino Battle Royal, where a winner, well, where, excuse me, where the winner receives a future AEW World Championship match. The participants as of now include Darby Allin, Lance Archer, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Pentagon Zero, uh... Ray Phoenix, The Butcher, The Blade, Eddie Kingston, Sean Spears, Billy, aka Billy Gunn, but legally is not allowed to be Billy Gunn, Austin Gunn, Jake Hager, Santana, Ortiz, Chuck Taylor, Trent, and TBA. Bum, bum, bum. Whoever TBA is, I'll give it to them. I'll let them win it. In the singles match for the women's championship, we have Hikaru Shida Shida, versus Thunder Rosa, the NWA women's champion. Um, I'll go Shida. I don't see any reason why she should drop the belt. Um, I feel like her going up against Thunder Rosa, who's the NWA women's champion, is actually only going to help to build Shida. So I'll say Shida wins this match. Now we get to the three big boys of the show. For the AEW World Tag Team Championship, we have Kenny Omega and Adam Page, the defending champions versus FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood, accompanied by Tully Blanchard. Um, I do not know. Um, huh. So there's a lot of booking things that they can do here. So here's my here's what this goes back to the Young Bucks prediction. I predicted the Young Bucks were gonna win because you want to progress them towards whoever wins this match, right? They're having this stuff going on with Hangman where they just kicked them out of building, uh, out of the Elite, so you can have the Young Bucks versus Kenny and Hangman for the titles again. Or you can build to the Bucks versus FTR. Which, I mean, come on. I don't know. I like Kenny and Hangman as a tag team. I really do. Man, this is tough. If, If Kenny and Hangman lose tomorrow, tonight, whatever... Then that's it. Hangman is offici- officially has no association or affiliation with the elite. Oh, man. Um, God, they've been the champs for a while. Okay, because. Oh, man, this is rough. Without confidence, I'm going to say Kenny and Hangman win. Next match is Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. I think Orange Cassidy... Oh, does he win this match? It's a Mimosa Mayhem match. Match can be won by pinfall submission or throwing the opponent into a tank of Mimosa. Oh, Cassidy wins. Orange Cassidy is going to win this match. Um... And then Moxley versus MJF for the World Championship, where Moxley is banned from using the Paradigm Shift. Oh, God. Oh, man. These predictions are so tough. I'll go MJF. I'm going to say MJF. I think Moxley's time might be up. Um, I can see the story being that Moxley couldn't use the Paradigm Shift, so that's why he lost. I don't know. I don't know. And, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to lock the Dark Order winning that 8-man tag team match. That seems to be, like, the safest bet to me. So, yeah, so those are my predictions. I'm going... Dark Order, Britt Baker, um, Matt Hardy, Young Bucks, Dark Order with the Lock, um, TBA for the Casino Battle Royal, Shida, Kenny and Hangman Retain, um, Cassidy, and then MJF. Those are my predictions, folks. Oh, boy. Now, unfortunately, I forgot to do this earlier, so I gotta do this now. In the world of professional wrestling, there are good seeds. There are also bad seeds. But at the end of the day, they'll contribute to the tree, to the garden, to the forest that is professional wrestling. My good seed of the week goes to Impact's Knockouts Division as it continues to impressed and my bad seed goes for the sudden breakups of the iconics and of bailey and sasha i thought they were both done in poor timing and done poorly so that's going to wrap up our episode for the week folks as always you've been listening to us on soundcloud.com slash grapples at apple that's grapples are number two Apples, if you don't like SoundCloud, you got Google Play and Music, you got Apple Podcasts, you got iHeartRadio. Doesn't matter where you're listening, as long as you're listening. Don't forget to check out our social media pages. That's Facebook.com, Twitter.com, Slash GrapplesApples. Again, that's Grapples, the number two apples. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Do whatever you got to do to put us as many eyes and ears as humanly possible. I've been one of your hosts, Il the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean candidate, Major English, whatever you need to be. That's what I be. Baby, that's who I is. Flying solo this week, but don't worry, Shades will be back next week. In fact, he'll be back tomorrow. Don't forget to check out our recap and review for All outgoing live. Not tomorrow. Oh, if you listen to this today, it's going to go up tomorrow. Anyway, Sunday, Sunday morning. Point is, it goes out Sunday morning. <clears throat> Don't forget to check out our recap and review Sunday morning. Our last episodes, our episode this week, last week, every other week. It's an apple a day. is a bad wrestling. Yes. Peace.